Blog Talk Radio. Great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the wisest counsel and the most fascinating people in the business community from all around our terrestrial orb. I am Bart Jackson, your Hieronymus Bosch of business. And my friend, if you are a frequent listener, you have often heard me say that the art of the show, the art of the CEO, comes to you through the mightily misunderstood miasmos cyberspace. And, well, for all but a rare few of us, that's exactly what it is. Information technology remains one of those tools that we use daily, but never really to its fullest potential because IT well, remains a mystery. Uh, and this very hour, by the cunning of good planning and the grace of Ericon, we are laying bare that mystery, shattering the myth, and turning technology back into a tool for you and your use. Ericon is the president and CEO of Velocity, which is mightily empowered by Dynamic Strategies, Inc. And while you may think that his position would be held by some ethereal wizard, Derek, when not swimming, skiing, and running triathlons, he's really a foremost gentleman of business who has managed huge facilities, created inventory control and purchasing systems, managed financial and fiscal growth, just like all the rest of us out there for his own and other firms. So whether you're looking for a better tech application to help your sales team or you're seeking the right IT advisor to electronically grease your growth, Pull up your chair a little closer and join us in this feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined, to make your career thrive and your adventures flourish. Derek, I'm so glad that you could break free from your incredible variety of plants and uh, come help us get a handle on IT today. I appreciate it. I'd love the opportunity to help demystify the whole IT world for people. It's uh, it's not a spooky, spooky place. It's actually plain and simple. Well, boy, I'll tell you, those, those are very refreshing words to hear, i got to tell you. But it's, I, I will say, it, it, I think it's sort of fair to say that the, the world of IT has exploded beyond certainly the business owner's comprehension. I mean, whether you're a sole proprietor or a major corporate CEO whiz kid, if you think you really have a total handle on all the latest tech tools for your business, you're pretty much kidding yourself, am I right? Yeah, and one of the problems we have in our industry is that we tend to think that one person can know all. So we we go after that person who we think is really knowledgeable about tech, and they talk tech. And the reality is, there's it's so broad that nobody can know all. I like to think of the um, analogy of a general contractor in construction. The general contractor doesn't know everything there is to know about plumbing. They hire a plumber. They hire an electrician. And right. we treat our business the same way. We treat ourselves as like the general contractor of IT, and we bring in experts for each area, depending on what our clients need. I think that's that's really that's really vital, and it's it's a good approach, and it, and it's also a solid analogy. There is no Erasmus knows it all, uh, and and to, to be able to find where you need what you need, and that that's the real valuable liaison and person you can have. Well, actually, just to sort of but, but to help us sort of uh, prove this, this juggernauting, juggernauting avalanche of uh, tech, uh, what, why, did, why don't we take a look at it? I'd just like to take a look at a couple of topics, and perhaps you could give us 
a little bit of uh, your knowledge. Let's let's look at accounting, for instance. Could you give us just a couple of information tech avenues that have opened up within the last oh, three to five years that didn't even exist before, or certainly not in the way they're being used? Well, I would say, you know, for most people right now, the cloud is obviously the biggest impact. Now accounting, almost every accounting package you can buy, there's a cloud version of it. It used to be this thing that sat in a closet and one person in the organization, the accounting person, knew how the application worked and the IT person knew how it sat on the servers and you had all of this physical infrastructure to make sure that accounting package ran. And then if you wanted to attach anything to you, you had a programmer come in and do some kind of attachment. Well, now you can buy an off-the-shelf cloud-based solution that will give you 80 to 90% of what you want. And what's even better is that over the last couple of years, they've made integrations, those data connections between, say, an uh, ERP or an enterprise resource planning tool that um, runs your manufacturing, they now make these integrations in the cloud. So you might have an uh, mm -hmm. ERP system in the cloud and a cloud-based accounting system, and in the cloud you connect them. And you don't have to have, hire a person to do all that. They make these, it's called an API, and i be honest, I don't know, I don't remember what the API stands for at the moment, but uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's an integration. I know the I is integration. Um, but they make these oh, custom things so you can basically work um, with the vendor and say, I want to integrate with this system, and they, they have open APIs, they call, and they integrate the two things. Those are two big ones, but I think from a business standpoint, from running your business, really from an accounting perspective, has been BI or business intelligence. That's where we've got we've taken the data we've collected for years and never really used it to the way we could use it. So today, accounting now wow. can look at everything data-wise, and it also spills over into your sales, into your operations, where that information is so valuable to know how to be more efficient. How to, um, I'll give you an example in our business. We operated off a ticketing system, so every time someone calls and needs a support, we have a ticket. Well, now we have a system right. that has all this information that we can track on how long has the ticket been open? Where is it at? Is it a level one, level two, level three? Um, is it on hold? Are we waiting for the client to respond? And then we can aggregate all that data and keep track of are we hitting our metrics and keep ourselves in line and become more efficient and look at, look at bumps in the road. Or um, I have a great example of that for us with uh, one of our clients got a bunch of fishing expeditions. These are people who are trying to get into their company huh? through email. And so we started tracking their phishing emails that came through. And as because people would open a ticket whenever they got a phishing email, and we started to see that there was sure. two or three people that were specific targets. They were looking for the accounting people, they were looking for the C-level people, and I, there was uh, like customer service. And so we were able to right. have training right. for those people to make sure they were aware that they were the target. So it's a great all those accounting, all those, all that data and business of intelligence is really important. Well, speaking of data, the, I. Uh, the, my my second uh, topic that I was going to have you hit, uh, uh, right along that same line, is marketing. Now, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, the what data is done for marketing has been monumental in the past 35 years, right? Correct. Um, so not only do you have the cloud and the data connection, but I think that those two pieces are, you know, like two of the main bases of what's happened for marketing. But the way data is collected in social media, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, um, Instagram, et cetera, 
there's so much data gathered out there that you can use to target specific areas, uh, and people are even using that more. I, I generally just met a guy last night who started a new company that's making, basically aggregating all that information that they have so that you can tire, target specifically. So for our, our business, we're, our, our target client is around 100 users, and so we can actually target all clients, all cust- people between 500 or 50 to 500 users, and we want to talk to the CFO say that's who we want and they and we can get that information and be able to specifically reach out not be annoying obviously you have to be um, professional in how you reach out to these people but then you start to know who the people are you get more information about the business to see if you are a good fit for them so i think that's where from a marketing and sales standpoint really the data is allowing you to be more specific and targeted in how you reach out to people versus just going and knocking on a door which is very annoying to the client and also very time-consuming and not very cost-effective. And you have data to put in their hands when you talk to them also, of course. Correct, well, now, correct. Your own I have a good example of that, if I could, real quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, do go on. What? So I just went to a new client yes, day before yesterday, and as I was doing my research before I went to see them, I, I looked at their website, and I did a search of their website, and it came up with um, – really blank data. <laughs> there was nothing about the website. It said, actually, this website does not have any data. But you clicked on the link, and there was a website, which most people, if they saw that, would go, oh, that doesn't sound like a good website. I'm not clicking on that. So I was able to take that as data to, their, to them and say, you know, here's the situation. The good news is they knew that. A lot of times people don't know it. They knew it because they're rebounding yeah, the company. Yeah. They really don't want to show off the old the old site. So sure. it was it was a good exercise for knowing what's going on out there about your company and keeping track of all that data. Yeah, yeah. Well, and no. uh I think the the another area of the the one other area I think is is your own is operations management. You have helped facilities uh, of all sorts in, in both physical physical and and financial growth and uh the operations management is something that uh where not just not just data but but new processes have come about am i right yeah i mean the i mentioned the erp earlier enterprise resource planning that used to be the world of enterprise you know big companies were able to have these uh-huh. tools that managed all of their operations well now with the cloud Small companies can have inter- enterprise resource planning tools. They can track everything that goes to their product line. We use barcodes. We use scanners. There's there's so many ways to be more efficient and see where everything is at and know where your business is at. And if you've got a bottleneck somewhere and how to fix that bottleneck, you use the data versus somebody's feeling. But I also think what's interesting is yeah. this gets into one of those scary, spooky, spooky terms called the Internet of Things. And if you right. don't know what IoT is, it's it's really simple. If you happen to have a, let's say, a ring a doorbell or a refrigerator that connects to the Internet or any of those things, those are IoT advice, they call them. Well, in the, okay. in the office world, those devices become equipment. So I'll give you a great example. We had a client who has a piece of sterilization equipment. They had bought it used. They would refurbished uh-huh. it, spent a ton of money on it. And they were, I think the number was seven days. They had to shut it down once a year to do maintenance on it. What really was interesting is they had to do that because they had to pull out a a roller or something in the device, ship it off, and get a new one shipped back. 
So one day right. we were out there doing something else, and somebody noticed that there was actually a data port on the top of this device. So one of our guys says, hey, do you know there's a data port up here? And the person said, no, we didn't know that. Let's see what happens. So we plugged it in. We connected to it. We found we had to download. We had to do some research. We found some software that actually did maintenance for that equipment and reduced their maintenance time from seven days down to, I think, 24 hours because of the way it tracked how many times that roller was used. So they rather than losing seven days of downtime, so they lost one day of downtime. So it was ready to send out the next one as needed. Right, right, right. Correct, um, correct. Yeah, so, Which and it tracked how often they sales. did. Yep. Right, right. Yeah. If yeah. you are able to, as a salesperson, know that, the, the, hey, it's time to re-up, time to restock, so forth. Again, yeah, more, more tools, more there right for you. If you yeah. have just joined us, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time flows ragingly down the quivering avenues of cyberspace where you may listen and download this and all our episodes by visiting theartoftheceo.com. That's theartoftheceo.com. And uh, as an added avenue, you may also enjoy our shows on C-Suite Radio Station. We're now proud members of C-Suite Radio, where the wisdom of business's best experts profitably enriches your enterprises. So just visit our Art of the CEO episodes on c-suiteradio.com as well. And now... Actually, uh, Derek, I understand that you bought Velocity uh, after you as a business owner were looking for something that you really couldn't find. Am I right? Correct. We, I have In my career, I've uh, been in New Jersey for about 20 years. My, I've been in the startup world my whole life, and I've hired multiple <laughs> IT companies and always had the same struggle. Typically in the IT world, either you hire a provider or you hire an internal person who's technically sound, really great people, and we do something really dis right. <laughs> unfair to them. We promote them and make them into a manager, and that's not what they love. They love technology. And they, don't even, they tend to not even know that. They want to get promoted, but they don't know that they have to get out of technology as they get promoted. So one yeah, of the things I was frustrated with, whether I had it internal – or I had it as an external provider is they were always really tech driven. And so conversations were always about, we need this new technology. It was never about what's the business reason, what, what's the ROI on it. They didn't understand that. And so when I left my last startup, this is about seven or eight years ago, I came to work at an, a managed service provider, and, which is the, what we call ourselves in, this, in the IT world. And that managed service provider is the one that we own today. I worked there for two years and realized that, um, they were doing the same thing. They were providing the same kind of service and not really forward looking for our clients. I met a friend of mine who turned into be my business partner. He'd actually worked at the big pharma and had the same experience. And so ah, we started talking okay. about, we have to create a different model for a managed service provider and create a, I would call it a 3.0 because managed service providers started out as you come, something broke, we came and fixed it. Then it became, we're going to monitor things and maintain things, but it's still, when it breaks, we fix it. We're, we're not really proactively right, talking right, to you right. about where your business is going. So we created a new model where we do an IT roadmap for every one of our clients. They get a plan. We have discussions about where their business is going. It's more, it's not a technology discussion. The result of those conversations is a technology plan 
but the conversations that we're having is about the business and what are the needs and where are you going and how can you make technology a business driver rather than a cost center. That is, a, that is at the core of everything I believe, that's the mind shift we have to have is technology has to be a business driver, not a cost center. If it's a cost center, then it's just a, almost a waste. You may as well go back to paper because <laughs> you're not going to be efficient using it. Well, I think I think that's absolutely true. I think, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, Derek has just spoken uh, a timeless business truth here, and so we are going to say this is a quill pen moment, and I would like you all to take your quill pen, dip them in your inkwell, and scribble down the Derek's truth that technology, or quite frankly, any other aspect, should be a cost driver and an assisting toward your goals of business rather than just one more package item that you've got to have. Thank you very much for that. Um, Derek, so you had said that you take a uh, you take sort of the general contractor's idea of when you're building uh, sort of like when you're building a house you get the general contractor who uh, knows uh, a little about everything but also knows the right people everywhere. Well Supposing I was a small business uh, person with, uh, and I'm looking, or a mid-sized business, and I'm, I'm trying to s- decide if I want uh, an, uh, an IT department within and uh, or perhaps contracting without. How do I make that decision? What are the advantages of each? So I, I would start with... What, what are you trying to accomplish? And if, if you're in a situation where you have internal IT and you're deciding whether to outsource that or keep it internal, is really what do you have? If you have a lot of people who are doers and nobody who's really thinking long-term, which is most of the companies we see, they get to this inflection point where they've got a bunch of doers they've hired over time, and they're frustrated because they're not putting together a plan to move forward. They're really playing whack-a-mole, as we call it. Whack-a-mole IT is run around, <laughs> put fires out all the time. And if that's what you have, one of the things we try to convince our clients is you'd be better off outsourcing the whack-a-mole and hire somebody who's a director, uh, CIO level, who can really focus on where's the business going. And they, they, I always say this, if you hire a CIO, they should probably have an MBA because most of the ones that have MBAs really understand business. Um, I'm not saying everybody right. who's technical needs an MBA, but those, are, those people start to grasp the idea that um, business is the driver, not technology, which I think technical people get that wrapped up sometimes because they're so engaged in the technology. And I think the other thing is really sure. sitting down and thinking strategically about what you want from your technology. And we, we've done a number of these IT roadmaps. We do them for our clients who, who hire us to do IT services for them, but we also do them for companies who are just trying to figure out what they need to do. We did one just recently down in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And Becky, who's the CEO of that company, came to me and said, I just don't even know what to do with my technology person because he won't talk to me in a normal way. (laughs) He was talking tech and (laughs) tends to be defensive because they tend to be introverts. And the introverts tend to um, not want to give information. They want to hoard it and they they think they know more than other people know. And so you won't understand it kind of um, if you ever get a chance – in the 90s, there was a Saturday Night Live skit around Dick Burns. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so we went through and we did a two-week project where we interviewed everybody in the organization. We looked at all their budgets, their finance. And I will tell you, there's some statistics out there that 
Um, banking, for example, spends the most on technology and finance. Um, they're around 9% of revenue. Um, pharma, biotech, um, marketing generally to be, needs to be in this professional services spend around 5 to 6% of revenue. Manufacturing tends to spend the least. They're around 1 to 2. It's starting to grow because they're using it more. But they were spending somewhere in the neighborhood of 17% of their revenue on IT. Now, there are some reasons for that, that they would always be a little high because they have an online presence, but they shouldn't be that high. Right. And that was part of our conversation with her. And now she's got a roadmap that she's using, and we're engaged with her in helping her move that plan forward. And now she's got something that she understands that's not techie. It's really about the business and driving the business right. forward. So I think to answer your question is when you're looking at that, you really need to find somebody who you trust who can speak English and will talk to you and right. explain things in a way that makes sense. Um, uh, we were joking earlier about the virtualization, and most people go, what the heck is that? And it's a very simple concept. It's basically you have one server, a physical server, and instead of having one right. operating system, one server instance, they call it, you basically take that one right. server and you use a software to what's called virtualized, and you have multiple virtual servers on that one server. It's that simple. Okay. That's virtualization. Okay. And um, it's, it's much easier when I do a diagram. I can show people. But it, it's that kind of conversation is to be able to explain to people. That's as simple as it is. What are the, what are the technical limits of, of uh, yeah, it is one of the simple limits of, of however, of radio. And one of the joys that we do get to dwell on this voice so, so marvelously. Yeah. Now, uh, yeah. now, coming up, Derek will be sharing uh, his own experiences with everything from erotic oils and Sarbanes-Oxley to exotic uh, <laughs> microelectronics right after uh, you get, we gather our wits and take a brief uh, sorbet from today's Feast of Wisdom. And so, as uh, I offer you um, a few well, utensils for today's Feast. And first utensil, as I always do, may I remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. And since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you measure the compensations your career is giving you now against the compensations you truly require? Or will you continue to labor for reasons other than your own? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I can sense you yearning to steep your lips into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 102 Best Business Quips book, which I am now fingering as we speak. And, uh, okay, here we go. This one is number 90. <clears throat> when we redesign our information to suit our devices rather than our people, we have become slaves. What do you think, Derek? <laughs> when you when you look at the phones in our IT systems, who's the master there? <laughs> I, that one's a funny one because I think it's a multi-pronged answer. I use this analogy for it. <laughs> I was at dinner about a month ago, and everybody typically complains about millennials with their nose in their phone and they're walking around and bumping into things. And you see people in New York City walking by, and they <laughs> don't even look up from their phone. Um, but I was right, sitting at a right. dinner, and I looked over at a table across from me, and there were four people, two children and two adults, and guess who had their face in their phone? And the two children were staring uh, at their parents, wondering if they were going to talk to them. And it occurred to me that this is not a millennial problem. It is a people problem. And if we get so attached to it, 
and I think it's an individual problem. Some people can detach, some people can't. Oh, yes. There's a balance, right? And how do you find that balance? I think that's the more important thing. It, technology can be a wonderful tool, but to me it is a tool. And does it help your life get better or do you end up being more sucked into it and then your life is not better? I, I really do believe the people that think it's an addiction, that there are people who are addicted to it and they'd rather be in their phone than actually talk to somebody else or be engaged in life. And that's no. the danger of it. But on the I other side, so. I, I have to tell you, from my perspective, I'm the youngest of nine kids. I'm, my brothers and sisters all have children. I unfortunately don't. We just decided not to have children. But I have 38 nieces and nephews and great nieces and nephews. Without Good the advent of Facebook, I would not know anything about any of those kids. I can tell you, I know and pretty much everything about all of true. them. Yeah, so there's yeah. some pluses I'm about sure you do. technology. I think, I think it's fabulous. Yeah. Excellent answer. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I always just think that uh, sometimes we do is, uh, require a sort of a swift tweet length text, and uh, other times we need that carefully penned book or uh, a good conversation, as you say, to set your brain on fire. And uh, you have the choice to be that master, which serves you best at this hour. And if you're smirking mm-hmm. a bit over that quip, we have them literally by the books full. Just visit bartsbooks.com, pick up your copy of the 102 or the 101 best quips, and your newly adopted quip will flow gently to the welcoming ears of your fellow chain gangers at work. <laughs> or so we'd have you believe. <laughs> and the third utensil will sumptuously spoon to you the answer of last week's business quotation. That is the name of the individual who said, Artificial intelligence is no match for natural stupidity. <laughs> Those words were spoken by none other than the past century's most perceptive, humorous, and intelligent of individuals, Mr. Albert Einstein. Congratulations to all you winners, and stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way, comes another enriching quotation. And if you're among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. And if you are correct, your knowledge will earn you a mind, soul, and career-igniting gift, freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And before we return to Mr. Derek Hahn and his guidance for selecting IT advisors, allow me to introduce you to the company by whose good graces we are here today. That firm is Prometheus Publishing, uh, who invites you to take good scrutiny of their latest volume, a little gem of a guy, called CEO of Yourself. And, well, would you, let me ask, would you personally like the ability to grow like Google and bounce back from failures like Microsoft to profit from compassion like the marvelous Bo Francis, and even just find all that fun that no one else seems to be having. Well, CEO of yourself arms you with a set of old-fashioned solutions that have been neglected for too long. And all of those proven elements, character, principles, endurance, unbridled enthusiasm, they all help you roll up your sleeves, blow away today's fog and distractions, and set the enterprise of you on an honest and joyful path. To pick up your copy of the CEO of yourself, take the helm, and get down to the business of your more rewarding life. Carpe diem, my friend, you are indeed worth it. And now, with utensils in hand, let us return to more of Mr. Derek Hahn as he mentors us down the path of uh, more applicable and profitable information technology. Derek, uh, if I'm uh, looking at someone to come in, that, that IT partner that you're that you were talking about, 
what what do I, uh, what questions should I be answering? How do I go about uh, looking for and hiring this uh, position? What do I ask? So I think I think there's a my first thing would be when you do that interview when you have those conversations are they talking plain English or are they one scaring you with spooky spooky technology stuff? Are they just talking in acronyms and they don't understand that your your expertise is not technology? Your expertise is running your business, and whether it be marketing or manufacturing or whatever that business is, that that's where your expertise is. If you wanted to be an IT, you would be an IT person, right? Or you would run an IT company. Right. So it's really finding out: Do they understand that I'm in business to do my business, and I really don't want to on a deep level understand technology. What I want is to understand it at a level that a human being can understand. So that's the first. And then I really think, especially there's companies out there that are selling something called virtual CIO. And what bothers me about that in our industry is not all of them, but a lot of them are selling it as you're going to get a CIO. And I would investigate that because what I've found is a lot of them don't actually have anybody that's ever been a CIO. What they've done is taken what they think a CIO would do and are giving it to you in a monthly meeting. And that monthly meeting really is a sales meeting. And they're trying to sell you the next technology and keep you buying new stuff. And so one of the things we pride ourselves in is one, we don't call it a virtual CIO. We do have, my partner Glenn was a, was a CIO at a, a number of large enterprise level companies. So we do have somebody who is actual CIO on staff and he guides our um, client services team on how to talk like a CIO. What, what are the things we should be looking for? So his, he's mentoring our um, mid-level managers, right. our client service got, managers. Yep. To really focus. More yeah. Obviously and straightforwardly. Yeah. Correct. And and, and get them to talk about the business. Right. right. I'm glad you brought that yeah. up because you do need a person. There is one, uh, but along that line, I just have one little side question to all of this. Mm-hmm. Something that puzzled me as a business owner. How much of an is uh, of an advantage is it to have your IT professional, uh, your uh, or your CIO uh, for hire or whatever, your, your IT provider, geographically close by? Um, today's day and age, it really doesn't matter. I, I think there is a p- component when you're asking for the strategic planning and the, those kind of discussions where you need to be present. And we have, so currently we have um, one client in North Carolina, one, two in Ohio, one in Houston, um, who are all have presence in New Jersey also, but also their headquarters are elsewhere. We go and meet with them on a quarterly basis, right, our right. client service manager who's, who's bringing that roadmap and talking about where their plans are. That's a face-to-face discussion. But from a p- support standpoint, it really doesn't matter anymore because 90% of what we do is all remote. We remote into people's computers. We remote into servers. And what's great about our systems, I mentioned the ticketing system we said earlier, it's used throughout our industry. So if we need to partner right. in, say, Ohio, and we actually have three of them right now, we build a relationship with them. We send them our ticket. They go out and do the feed on the street, as we call it. They do the show up at the front desk, talk to somebody, replace a computer if there's a physical device that has to be repaired. And that's fairly easy, and it's a cost saver, huge cost savers for companies because the difference in hiring a company like us and hiring a full-time person is almost double. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a savings. and, and Yeah, the actual cost. And there are people there that want okay. that um, 
touch and feel, but not always, uh, it's not necessary. It's really up to the company. And also that becomes part of the strategic plan. Do you really need somebody close and why? And that's our discussion is have the discussion about why you need it before you just say, I want it. Because that's more of an emotional, emotional decision, right? That's really true. I, I might add the same thing for if you're searching for a CFO or you're searching Correct. for any or you're searching for a board member that you think has to be specialized because we're going to go in China, so we need a China specialist. The, you ask yourself why and what are the avenues first. I thank you very much for that. Uh, Derek, I'd, I'd love to go on for longer, but unfortunately we're rolling to the end. So... Uh, just uh, if I'm considering to grow my firm and I want to take every IT advantage that I can get this out there, how might I get in touch with you and Velocity? So Velocity, we're based in New Jersey, and you can reach out to me directly at 609-642-1337. That's my office numbers. Again, 609-642-1337. Or you can email me at dhan, H-A-H-N, at V is in Victor dash M S P dot com. And we can also visit your website, which is Ah, sorry. It's also velocity M S P dot com. So velocity without a Y M S P dot com. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I, I really feel that, uh, that you have laid back uh, the jargon veil and uh, some of the tech veil for us, and uh, I myself have learned a lot, and I thank you very much for coming on. And we'd love to have you back, uh, and uh, when we can discuss a little, a little more virtuality and uh, replace it with some reality. That sounds good. We'd love to. All right. Thanks very much, Derek. So as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation, and that is, who was it who said, some people regard private enterprise as a predatory tiger to be shot. Others look at it as a cow they can milk. Not enough people see it as a healthy horse pulling a sturdy wagon. I love that. Hmm. And uh, as a hint, this other, well, this hard-drinking, battle-loving prime minister convinced the whole world during the Second World War that England would never, never, never surrender. And remember, if you know the author of this quote, just scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be and send it right off to info at bartsbooks.com to win uh, a marvelous gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. And be sure to tune into the Art of the CEO show next week as Dr. Ann Sullivan and I will be presenting you with some very valid and valuable business role models gleaned from, amazingly, the mythic gods and goddesses and heroes of old. While Ann provides several wise and profitable models for today's ladies, I will strive to do the same for the gentlemen of commerce and industry. So join us for some fun discovering new tools for our ancient past. And as a parting shot... In the words of my wife's husband, yes, the race <laughs> does go to the swift, but satisfaction goes to the person who decides which race wants to run. And to you who gleefully have been sharing our feast, 
I hope that you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Derek and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you, who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you.